Welcome to the Waterboy and Equipment Manager podcast. I'm your host, Case Charania. And I'm Asa Lalani. And joining us today, we have a very special guest. Want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Ali Khan. Nice to meet you. Oh, wait, I've been on here a few times. You've been on here a couple of times. We all know Ali Khan as Rockets Insider on Twitter and at Ali Khan Bijani NBA on Instagram. But, you know, it's a special occasion. Safe, our benevolent dictator is not here today, so we get to have a little bit of fun. That's the only reason why I came on today, by the way, because Safe is not here. Only reason why. Yeah, he's going to love hearing that the second I publish this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But no, today we're going to go ahead and do the top 10 power rankings with about four weeks left in the season, maybe. And then we'll talk about the NBA as a whole. And why the hell does Joel Embiid shoot so many free throws? He's just a foul magnet. I mean, you can't you, you can't really stop him. You it's just, like, why does James Harden shoot so many free throws? Because he puts his arms out and people reach in the cookie jar. Yeah, all right. we'll talk about that game later on. If you guys haven't noticed already, we're recording this right after the net Sixers game. And it was a doozy for all of us. I don't think anyone watched that game. But let's go ahead and start with the power rankings. We're going to do our top 10. We're going to name the teams. I have safes. You guys have yours. And let's just start at the bottom because we all want to know who you have at number 10. I said, I struggled with this one because there's a few there's a few teams that could have had the spot, and I'm sure we'll we'll differ. So we'll probably get to that. I have the Golden State Warriors at ten. Uh, I don't feel great about it, but they are the number three seed in the Western Conference. So this is as low as I think they'll they they go. Um, obviously, without Draymond Green right now, they don't look great. Uh, the same ball movement, the same energy isn't there. Obviously, with Draymond, you get his terrific basketball IQ the defensive player of the year who we probably would have been had he been healthy and played for more games this season, but without that defensive presence and to anchor, you know, the warriors on the defensive end, they've just looked really, really bad on both ends, but it's not all Draymond's fault. Um, Steph Curry has gone, you know, he's, he was in a slump for earlier this season. I think it's still a little bit inconsistent. He hasn't really gotten in a slump for a good two months, dude. I feel like he broke out. He kind of broke out of it after the all-star break and then went back into it. But it's been two weeks. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, uh, so he, I'm not going to lie to you. The Warriors did not make my top 10. I have them right outside. Safe has them a little bit higher up. Ali Khan, do you have them on your top 10? I do, actually. They're my Are number they higher up than this? They're, they're my number nine team, actually. All right, so let's real quick. Safe has the Jazz at number nine. I think it's a very safe pick. Not safe as in the person, but (laughs) just like overall, like they're a good team. But are they top 10 in the NBA right now? Of course they are. They're 40 and 23. I think they're one game behind the Warriors right now in fourth place. They're they're 41 and 24. So they're, they're two and a half, two and a half back of Golden State. All right, well, Sports Illustrated, fuck you and your records. But, yeah, so, like, they're a good team. They're always a good regular season team. Let's not forget they were the one seed last year, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. They did lose to the team I have at number 10, which is the Denver Nuggets. Wow. Wow. They're only this low because it's still just Jokic, even though he's on an MVP-level run again. But assuming they do get Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back, like we've been hearing, 
I think they'll rise by the end of the season when we have that playoff push episode in a couple weeks. But right now they're stuck at 10 simply because it is really just Jokic. And the guy's fantastic. I think he had, what, 43 the other night, 32, 15, and 7 yesterday. Yeah, he's been putting up monster numbers. I mean, he's been single-handedly carrying this team, right, this entire season, which is why it's so impressive that they are where they are in the standings because, like, I mean, I don't know. With that, I mean, their supporting cast is, is not is not great, right? Like, Aaron Gordon has has done decently decently well as, you know, as a second fiddle to Jokic, but there's been guys in and out of the lineup. Uh, you're starting my favorite, Uncle Jeffy, who's 36,000 years old, Jeff Green. But, you know, that's not necessarily a starting lineup that will – go far in the playoffs Can so you tell me who their starting lineup was yesterday yesterday probably will i'm assuming will barton their normal starting five is will barton aaron gordon jeff green um they're not starting bones highland anymore who's their oh monty, monty morris monty morris yeah monty's actually been really good for them he's hit a lot of clutch shots in the last couple of weeks. You no, know, he, he talked about it with Jokic. Both of them talked about it. They don't talk while they're playing together. They communicate with their eyes. Yeah, it's crazy. But Will Barton didn't play it yesterday. You had Monty Morris, Austin Rivers, Devon Reed, Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Jokic start. Interesting. Devon Reed's like a 2K creation character. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I, I don't well, know what's going on there. making them passes for the dimes, you know what I mean? So, sorry, right. the Denver Nuggets belong in this top 10 simply because if they're here, they're not just a joke. And they're only going to get better as the season goes on. But who'd you have at number 10, Eligon? I had the Minnesota Timberwolves. And let me tell you why. They are 8-2 in their last 10. Carl Anthony Towns is shooting a ridiculous percentage in the paint. They may be without Anthony Edwards, but they've had a soft schedule this week. They're gaining confidence in themselves. And I'm looking forward to their matchup against the Miami Heat coming up. Miami Heat, for me, I have them ranked very, very high. And depending on how well they do, especially defensively, I'm excited to be able to see, you know, um, how how they kind of go with the defense or how, how their defense, especially with – the pressure they put on the ball, they love to be able to trap. They love to be able to kind of hedge and do some icing, basically kind of containing the ball handler. How is their weak side coverage going to do against a team like Miami that likes to exploit you by moving around and doing things? So that will be a big test for me, for them. But I've just been so uh, just very happy with their development. Just Carl Anthony Towns, I think he's taken that next step. He is a superstar in this league. I think that team as a whole has been fun to watch. Because they just kind of flipped a switch right around the All-Star break. And they have been nearly unbeatable, which is fun to see. Malik Beasley is playing out of his mind right now. He's having he a shot 11 threes. He shot 11 from 17 yesterday. Yep. He's on my fantasy and team. So. He shot 11 for 17 from three. My man did not attempt a shot from the line <laughs> or inside the arc. It's like I'll set games. Except Asa doesn't this, make eleven. He probably makes zero. So he goes. Hey, zero uh, I'm a I'm a solid one for five guy. Yeah, Asa's right. the kid that misses every shot, but the game winner, nothing but net. 
Yeah. You know what? That's just, true. I've, I've had you a game. just described me, Case. I've done that actually twice. Ali in my Khan life. is not a shooter, bro. Ali Khan just stands in the post and like swings his arms around and then will like throw a couple bounce passes. That's you know it. what? We gotta take this one on one. I think he's talking <laughs> too much mess right now. All right, look, if we're gonna do one on one, give me like a month and a half so I can finish my rehab and then we can go. Because oh, <laughs> I used to be a beast. It's all about the footwork, you know. I mean, you got the footwork. We're not you just gotta have touch, footwork. bro. You gotta have touch. That's all it is. <laughs> all right, but number nine, you had the Warriors. Do you want to add to anything we said at number 10? So, uh, yeah. Well, the only thing for, for the Warriors I'll, I'll say is that while obviously a big part I of – I said you introduced them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I was talking to Ali Khan. Oh, oh my bad, bro. Well, you have them at nine. Who else would I be talking to? No, no, no. I, you said – the way you said it, my bad. Sorry. Okay. Y'all are both right next to each other. It's really hard to differentiate. <laughs> <laughs> Fair so, enough. Sorry, sorry. Um, right. Yeah, so when, when I look at the Warriors, you know, they're a very complicated case. In one hand, you have Draymond Green, who's about to return from injury um, on Monday against the Wizards. On the other hand, you know, you've had a lot of these young guys develop, but even when Draymond comes back, what's to say their interior defense improves? Perimeter the return of Wiseman. Well, yes, but can you fully trust Wiseman to carry you with your perimeter defense? You have Looney, who's in a serviceable job, but when you're playing these bigger teams in the Western Conference, I'm not as much worried about them scoring as much as I'm worried about how are you going to shut down a guy like Nikola Jokic. And then now when you have the Dallas Mavericks, who have given them a lot of trouble going pretty much five out with Dinwiddie, Brunson, and Doncic, and you're going to put one of Kleber or Bullock or one of their uh, Bertans or Shooter there, they're playing essentially five smalls out there. You know, are you going to be able to stop their penetration? I'm not convinced yet. The Golden State Warriors. So for that specific lineup, I think they can guard the five wide with Draymond without a center on the court. Okay. Okay. Just that specific situation you brought up, because I think Draymond's intelligence alone makes him two defenders. And you're essentially playing six on five at that point. And as we've seen, the Warriors perimeter defense is good. Where they struggle is when people get inside the three-point line, inside the key. Yes. And I think just having Draymond directing traffic solves a lot of it. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I, I, like I said, just based off of where they've been right now, obviously when Draymond comes back, he's, you know, arguably the most important, one of the most important players, but that's Steph. And when he comes back and he's able to kind of provide them that, that toughness, that intangibles, that defense they're missing, then I will probably have them much higher in my power ranking. But for now, you know, they're, they're still yeah. only number nine for me. So my quick question is, is Clay Thompson a problem? Because I was scrolling through question. NBA so, Twitter today. This was a, this was a point. And that I was someone bring up. tweeted out Clay Thompson is really post injury. Clay Thompson is really just Duncan Robinson with an ego. That's, that's and a little I laughed for a solid three or four minutes. <laughs> that's a little disrespectful. I mean, he's he's been in a, he's been in a slump. He hasn't really found a true form uh, coming back from from his injury. The other thing too is Jordan Poole was playing really really well as a starter while Clay was out, and then Clay coming back completely threw off their rotation and threw off Jordan Poole's rhythm. And 
Jordan Poole has not really found it. And the only time that he seems to go off is when Clay is just completely not playing. And, you know, he'll have his 35 points, seven of 12 from three shooting nights. But when, when Clay's playing and Poole's coming off the bench, the, there's no, there's the synergy between the two of them and the entire team as a whole isn't really there. So I wonder if they can fix that before playoffs. I think Draymond coming back is going to help him a lot. And the reason why I say that is whenever you look back at over the years, a lot of Clay's threes came off of passes from Draymond and Steph. And how does that action work? It comes out of split cuts where you have Draymond posting up and Steph and Clay literally kind of running into each other and going in different directions. That's what split cuts is. And that's how they've always, they've been so unstoppable from a three point line. I think once that comes back, you have Draymond there who's able to pass and find Clay in his spots, be able to kind of use some of his, maybe some moving screens if we want to call them and get him up. I think that type of synergy is going to lead him to getting open. And oh, by the way, he's still barely getting back after two and a half years. I think, I think for me, I'm very patient with Clay. I don't think they're going to stop trying to get him going. And I just don't think he's there yet. He played 30 minutes, you know, a couple of weeks ago, he's trying to play a little bit more, but until he's like, he's playing consistently where he used to be, I don't think he's going to get there. But then that also begs the question for you too. Do you think if let's say this slump goes on, do you think once playoff time comes, you just start him? Or like you said, Asa, they played well with Jordan Poole starting. Do you have Jordan Poole start alongside Steph? I think that's Jordan a, Poole coming off the bench is a nice spark. That's, and, the, that's the idea that they've wanted, but it hasn't really worked. Like, yet, who's, a right? better, who's, a, who's a better ball handler for that second unit? Poole, Jordan Poole, like, 100%. 100%, right? Now, that being said, if Poole, it's, it's sometimes some players just play better as starters. Right. If that is that's the case, do you go with a better starting unit and having Clay potentially come off the bench and do well there? Or do you have Clay there as the starter and pull off the bench? I mean, that's what we're going to see in these next. Yeah, so that's what they have the next month to figure out. Because there's already talks of the rotation changing. I think Kerr asked Steph, do you want your old minutes back? He's like, sure, why not? I don't know if that means more minutes or less minutes, whatever it is. Well, they're, they're trying something new where they basically play Steph the first nine minutes. He leaves third, uh, three minutes left in the first, comes back with nine minutes left in the second. So it's like a nine, nine, nine kind of thing. And I think that's going to be interesting. Where that's key is, can they win the minutes Steph doesn't play? That's always been the existential crisis for the Warriors. Can you win those minutes? Can I don't pull- think they can. Can Poole help them win those minutes? With Draymond, it's possible, right? With an accepted role off the bench, Poole can help. Because okay. when you start both of them together, it's kind of the same thing, right? You have Poole and Steph playing together, and you're counting on Clay to make up the points off the bench. But yeah. I think we've dug in a little too deep on the Warriors analysis. So let me give you my number nine, which is the Chicago Bulls. Oh, wow. Okay. It feels disrespectfully low to have them here, but they are 0-14 against top three teams from both divisions. They cannot beat one of the top three seeds, so I cannot give them anything higher than this. There will be at least, what, six teams higher than them now, and I have two more that I think are better currently than they will be. The team is crazy. They're going to get Caruso back. Lonzo should be back by the playoffs. I don't think he'll play the rest of the season, but he should be back for the playoffs. But they don't get any higher than this, in my opinion. 
I think you're generous because the Bulls currently are not on my top 10. Uh, they're right outside. They were on my number 11. So it's it's tough for me to put them. The Bulls, obviously, you mentioned that 0-14 record, right, where they have not performed well at all with against really good teams. They're missing some really, really important players in Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, and Patrick Williams. So I'm getting a, looking at some updates on, on all three of them. So it seems like Caruso and Williams and Lonzo are all doing individual non-contact work. Uh, Caruso was cleared today. Okay, to that's good. That's good. That's good to hear him back. But it seems like Lonzo is definitely the furthest of the three in terms of his his recovery. Yeah. So when they get all those guys back, then I think Chicago will be whole. I think Vooch has been in and out of the lineup as well. Um, you know, and DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine have, have done really well. And, and, and DeMar has been phenomenal the entire season. Uh, Levine has been out you know, due to injuries and some other things, but because if you're not able to beat one of the top, you know, the top teams in both conferences that, that, you know, makes me, it worries me, right? Like if you can't do that in the regular season, how the hell are you going to do that in playoffs? But it's not one of the top teams in both conferences. It's the top three teams in both conferences. Yeah, exactly. So that, I mean, that just further, you know, goes to my point where I just think that right now there are there are nine other teams. For my list, there are nine other teams yeah. uh, better than, than Chicago. So before we go to Ali Khan, Safe also has the Bulls at number nine. And I think it's to the same sentiment I have where they're good. We think they're contenders, but I don't think they're there yet. Yeah, and not the current version that we're seeing, especially exactly. the last few weeks. All right, Ali Khan, who do you have at nine? So my nine was – so ten was Wolves, nine was Warriors. Oh, that's my bad. Who do you have at eight? Yeah, so no uh, – yeah, for, for me at eight, I have a Dallas Mavericks. And Ooh, I wow. actually wanted to have them higher because their defense has been incredible, but I have them on eight because, yes, they're playing well. But I want to still be more sold on if they can win playoff games playing as small as they are. I think they can. Dwight Powell has been very good kind of filling in that five-man role on offense, especially as a starter. Kleber has been good for them in, in terms of switching and everything. But Dinwiddie, if he can play this way, play efficient and be that tertiary ball handler besides Brunson and Doncic, they can beat anybody in this league. Because once they get going and they get dribble penetration, that's open shots for Bullock. That's open shots for Kleber. That's open shots for whichever big or or wing they have as a spacer on the floor. So for me, they're very impressive. Uh, and I didn't even get to mention Davis Bertans as well. Okay, so Mavs at eight. I'm glad Shaban's not here. But I also have the Mavs at eight simply because I don't see them win- continuing this role. I think people will figure it out. And once people figure it out, it's going to be – well, I guess the fun game is going to be what? They play the Jazz soon? Yeah. yeah. Monday, I think, right? So that'll be a fun game with Gobert and seeing if they can play him off the court. Yeah, it'll be definitely interesting to see. Um, I have – the to my number nine are the Utah Jazz, and I've got Denver at my number eight. So, okay, so you and Safe have the Nuggets at eight. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I guess since we're talking Mavs, I have them right above. I have the Mavs at seven. So okay. I think all three of these teams are, are all really, really close to each other. Obviously we talked about the Nuggets. If they get, you know, Jamal and Michael Porter Jr. back, they'll, they can make a jump higher. The Mavs, I think you make a really good point is, you know, they have never really been able to guard bigs really well because they've always had Dwight Powell at, at center, right? They've never had 
the capability to play really good interior defense um, until this year. Where Porzingis. Like Porzingis played one game every three weeks and then had some other injury and was out. So is that is that really is that really a quick true? interjection here? The Mavs did not make safes top ten. I'm just realizing this. Wow, that those casual. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would love, yeah, I'm interested to hear his reasoning about that. I mean, considering that they have been, they're what, the number five seed, uh, they've been seven, what, seven and three in their last 10. Yeah, so, so look, I'm just going to tell you this right now. Safe has the Warriors on here, and I haven't told you where he has them yet. Uh, okay, I mean, clearly, I think we've gone through what? 10, nine, and eight, right? So he's, Yeah, so they're not there, and they're not at seven. So let's just keep going. Oh, Jesus I, I Christ. Just, I just want to mention one last point about the Mavericks. They're nine and two in their last 11 games, in games that were decided by five points or less. And the way their defense is playing, when, when you have a good defense in the playoffs, you're always going to play close games because your defense is going to keep you in it if you're shooting well if you're not, or if you're not shooting well. And they're going to be a lot of close games because of their defense in the playoffs. And when that happens, having three ball handlers is a luxury. And not just three ball handlers, but three ball handlers who you can trust to make a play. And to me, that's why they are, yes, they're only at that point right now for me at number eight. But they have the potential by the playoffs come if they get hot to move all the way up as well. A hundred percent. And I think you have someone else at eight, right, Asa, before we hop to seven? Yeah, I had Denver. I had Denver at eight. I put the I put the Mavs higher uh, just because I think the Mavs with their the number one defense in the league right? or number two defense now. I think it's behind the Celtics, I guess. But they, you know, with that defense has been has been really really good. So for that reason, I had them slightly above the Nuggets. Last point I want to bring about Dallas is Davis Bertans. Uh, his slump continues. He is shooting thirty percent from three in his nine games in Dallas. Uh, and it wasn't any good in Washington. It still hasn't been very good in Dallas. So if the Mavs want to go far, they're going to need him and Reggie Bullock. And I said it when he up. signed. Worst contract in the NBA. Is there is there any worse contract in the NBA than Davis Bertans right now? Russell, Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. <laughs> I, thought he, I thought he was going to say Tobias Harris. I'm pretty surprised he didn't say Tobias. To, Tobias is up there. Tobias is top five. Top five worst contract. Tobias sure. is the least hated max player in the NBA somehow, some way. <laughs> The worst contract in the NBA, bar none, is Kevin Herter. Okay, dude, he's on a $16 million contract. I'm, I'm just, I did that piss him off. I don't actually mean that. I love Kevin Herter. He's such a good player. All right, let's move whenever, on to whenever seven. Whenever you piss off us, it's a great feeling. So Let's yes. move on to seven. I have – me and Safe have the Sixers at seven. And I have debated dropping them entirely after tonight. It was one game, dude. It was 29 points. Okay, yeah, it was one game, all right? Let's and your crowd was chanting against a guy sitting in street clothes. They just got outplayed. I mean, Kevin Kevin Durant and Kyrie just, you know, ran them out the gym, and James Harden played like shit straight up. So there's not a lot you can do. There's not a lot you can't – if you can't beat but those look, two guys playing like shit. The Sixers are arguably one of the best teams in the NBA with Joel MVP playing for him. And maybe James Harden figures out how to not think everything's a playoff game soon. But, yeah, they're good. They've been good all year. It's been a rough stretch the last couple of days or a couple of hours, I guess. But, you know, I knew, I'm not going to say guys, much. I knew you guys were going to put the Sixers low because they're both fucking James Harden haters. Now, I knew this was going to happen. So, uh, so, so let, let, me, let me ask you this. What would it take for you 
to put the Sixers in a con- championship contender category? Because I don't think you guys are sold just yet on that. I'm not simply due to the fact that I need to see more. What, what does that look like? What does that mean? More cohesion between James and Joel. It's been two weeks, a week since James started playing, right? I think about, about, about two, two weeks. weeks. About two yeah. weeks now. About two weeks. I need to see a little more cohesion, right? And I'm not out on the Sixers. I think they're a good team and they are contenders. I just don't know if I trust them yet. That's all it is. So you're so you know because it looks like your you guys' power ranking is based off of what you've seen on the court versus what potentially can be, which I get it. Like it's more so about what you trust. But so for my thing right now, what I can see is what I've seen the past two weeks. Okay, they were on a five game winning streak. This was their first loss with both yes, with James and him I think, playing together. I think that loss was more so to do with that they were too amped. And I was we us and I were watching this game together. The Sixers are a good fundamental defense team. They play good fundamentals. Today, they probably played some of the worst fundamentals they have in a very long time. There was times where their closeouts were so long on James Johnson that it opened up a driving lane first, and then he passed out to somebody else because when, when somebody rotated over, three-point line was open. So there was just really bad fundamentals going on. I think just the fact they were amped to play Ben – James was amped to play Brooklyn. I just think it was an emotional game. I think the crowd the had a big, lot to do with it. Yes, and clearly Kevin Durant is a big game player and thrives in these situations, and Kyrie knows how to play in these situations. And to me, I, I know – the I, I don't think the Nets in our, our, any, our, our, any of our top tens, but I will say the Nets, if they play either Miami or whoever the top three or four seeds are in the, in the Eastern Conference right now, I definitely think the Nets not only can win that series, but can win the series in five or six games, just with yeah. the way they're going to start playing. Agreed. All right. At seven, Asa, you had Dallas. Yep. Elikon, who do you have at seven? Seven. So just a caveat, I had three teams tied for like fifth. So, so five, six, seven. But the tiebreaker, I will say for this one, goes to Milwaukee. Milwaukee is my seven. At seven. At seven. Okay. All right. Why? Why do you? Why? Milwaukee's higher up on my list. I assume it's higher up on both of yours. Well, as well. Why? Why? Why is, uh, let's why see, is Milwaukee up. high? For I'm just curious. Besides the fact that Giannis can take over in a clutch situation. So look, if Phoenix, why we talk they- about your three-game tie or three-team tie, Milwaukee wins that tie for me. I have them at five. Okay. Okay. Well, so let, let me at least give you the context of who I had them with. And then we can talk about, I guess, Milwaukee. So I had Milwaukee, I had the Sixers, and I had the Nuggets. And so Nuggets oh, wow. are five, Sixers are six, and Milwaukee is seven. Okay. Now, back to you, though, because both of you clearly have Milwaukee higher than me. Why is Milwaukee higher for you? It's overall, not compared to the teams I said, but why is just Milwaukee overall higher in your rankings? What stands out to you about them? I think they're in kickback mode right now. The only one really playing with a purpose is Giannis. It's because he sees that MVP or defensive player of the year slot wide open, and I think he wants to go for it. And Giannis is the kind of guy that's not going to lay back anyway. But you have Drew Holiday, who's been playing fantastic this year. Chris Middleton, who's also been amazing like he has been the past three or four years. And I think with their playoff experience 
and newfound confidence that they can beat anybody in the fucking world that they just hold a higher degree in my opinion you know when i think about milwaukee i think about drew holiday and i've mentioned this to us outside the podcast that to me drew holiday has is not only their second most important player he's been their second best player since he came to the bucks last year and yes chris middleton is fantastic and goes off and he had an amazing game against phoenix a few games ago and yes Giannis is Giannis, but drew holiday to me is the engine without him this season they're one and seven with him they're much better and they've won their last three games that they sorry they've won three games recently that are all fourth quarter comebacks and they have one of the most efficient fourth quarter offense in this league so i think it bodes well to your point case that they are definitely you know taking it easy right now but that being said i've seen a lot of teams lately in these last few years in championship contention where they may not play good defense now their defense picks up but it doesn't pick up all the way up to what we feel like it should be and yes i agree they can they can turn the switch but if they turn the switch so late will it get back to that championship level championship level bucks defense they had last year so my thing is the switch isn't like a per game thing it's last week of the season we flipped the switch get hot and carry it through but see a lot of teams say that what makes you think Milwaukee would be able to get that through compared because to- their best player doesn't have an off switch? I think Giannis is enough to carry them through right now, and then Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, hell, fucking Bobby Portis, they're just biding their time and they're gonna ramp it up, they're gonna be play more team basketball towards the end of the year, and in the playoffs, they're just gonna go boom. But you know. You have them at seven. I have them at five. Usad has them up towards five, I assume. I have Milwaukee at four on my list. So we'll get back to them when Usad brings them up. At number six, I have the Utah Jazz. Wow. that's I'm shocked that you have them that high, especially considering your, your love for Rudy Gobert. I don't have them at all in my top ten. And that's fine. I just I like the team. And I think they're playing great basketball. Sadly to say, Rudy Gobert has been excellent this year. And it's only a power ranking because, as you said, what they can continue in the future in my eyes. And they've been good enough to warrant that ranking, in my opinion. If the Jazz win the chip this season, will you get a Rudy Gobert Jazz jersey? Yeah. All right. All right. We're, 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 you heard, this it, you is heard like it here. A, it's like a Charles Barkley guarantee. We need to make a guarantee board for Case. That he will get a Rudy Gobert. Not just final. It has to have the finals patch on it. Rudy Gobert finals patch jersey if the Jazz win the championship this season. Look, I'll tweet it out from the WebM account as we speak. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I don't see it happening, so I'll say it. Case, you bring up, you know, clearly you have them higher than both of us do because they're not even in my top ten. My concern for them is their bench. I do not trust their bench to deliver in playoff situations. Even if they shorten, they shorten, you know, the rotation, you still need effective bench players. And they're just not consistent enough for me to get excited about, you know, what's going on. Yeah. Okay. You have Rudy Gay. Okay. You have Jordan Clarkson, you know, Jordan Clarkson hasn't played as well as he did last year. Rudy Gay has not been as consistent or efficient as he could be. 
Trent Force has been good for them, but can he play that well in a playoff situation? Daniel House has been such an important part of their team. Oh, and he was <laughs> not the Rockets his... guys saying Daniel House is good. No, I'm, I'm not saying I'm, he's good. I'm, I'm laughing. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying. But see, I'm Daniel not saying. House. I'm not saying he's good. I'm just saying he's playing crunch time minutes for them, which is bad. That's, which is not a good thing for. Yeah, that, for that that's why I'm laughing because Daniel House should so, not be so, playing. So, so when I look at this Jazz team, how I just can't trust them. I can't trust them right now. Their team is loaded with Gobert and Mitchell, and that's maybe all you need. But that's, that's understandable. Said, but I can't trust their bench in the playoffs. I'll, yeah, I'll totally to, I'll, get where you're coming from. I'll take another step. I don't even. I can't trust half of their starters. You know, like Mike Conley is not the same player that he was five years ago. All right, all right, yeah, yeah. We, we we get the Mike. We now you're like the Grizzlies. All right, I look, <laughs> all right. Stop stop slandering Mr. Grizzly himself. Okay, all right, fine. But Rudy Gobert has. Defensive player of the year has been played off the court come the hey, playoffs, hey, hey. right? Two-time defensive player of the year. Yeah. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Three-time defensive player of the year. What are you talking about, man? Wait, he's a three-time? Yeah. yeah. He's won it three times. Oh, um, fuck. Possibly right, four man. times this year, man. Put some respect <laughs> no, on your I got money on Giannis. Name. No, no, stop it. I already but, tweeted it. Don't worry. The, it's the, official. The fact that, yeah, like that, like Rudy Gobert has been played off the court being your quote unquote defensive anchor. He's only an interior defensive anchor, right? You, he cannot guard guys on the perimeter, and he's been exposed many, many times before that. The Jazz haven't done anything significant to their roster in the last few years, and they flamed out of the playoffs every year. And they and traded Papa Joe. The, nothing, Papa to, Joe, man. And nothing that they, nothing that they have now, you know, I think will overcome that. They are going to finish middle of the pack, and they probably will get out of the first, maybe the second round. Tops. That's as far All as right. I go. So who do you have at six? I feel like we spent enough time on Utah. So this is probably going to make Alikhan mad because I have the Grizzlies at number six. Ooh, so interesting. Here's here's my thing. It's it's not the Grizzlies have been really have been really good this season. I have them higher. Yeah, I'm. I know. I'm sure both of you guys. Safe do. has them higher. Yeah. This was this was going to be my controversial pick of the night. Um, to give you context, uh, I have the I have the Celtics above them at five. So I the reason why I picked the two I picked between the two, um, maybe it's a little bit of recency bias, but they had a game a few nights ago, the Celtics and Grizzlies in Boston, and Boston won by thirteen points. And both teams were were healthy. So in my eyes, I think the Grizzlies are a year away. This year was a really really good step in the direction. Uh, they're this close to putting it together. I just think that this year is not it. They are young. They're exciting. They're really, really good. But I think that they're missing, um, I think, a, a, vet, a veteran piece uh, and some playoff experience before I can have them in my top five with all of these other teams. What is it called when somebody makes a really bad take and you go back in the past and find it? Oh, Skip Bayless. Skip. We have Mr. Asad Bayless right here. <laughs> when the Grizzlies, I could also go for Asad Kellerman. No, oh, Asad Kellerman. I, 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 I was like, going around in the group I, chat. I, I, I will say this about what Asad's saying right now, and you have to promise me. You know, okay, this is also you need to do this for me. When Asad is wrong about my Grizzlies this year, and they make it not only to the second round but potentially the third round, if they make it to the conference finals, we're posting that clip and we're gonna clown. Asad, uh, sure. all of our social media. Sure. Episode eighty-eight. I got you. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, you have this. Is this is why we do this? this we we. You know, yeah. Just, remember, you asked me a question last year. Oh, I got. And we posted that, that clip. I got. <laughs> I got clown, man. Ooh. How, how? 
how long I, I forgot how long did I say that we were gonna say together? Like six years that I said yeah. 2024 to 25. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, clearly I don't know my guys well enough. But Kazocrates, you know, I'd be knowing shit. <laughs> I predicted when and how. I said Kyrie that, would fuck it up. Yeah. Well, oh, <laughs> that was the this? most impressive part. I'm gonna put you on the spot right here. Will James Harden sign an extension this offseason with the Sixers? No. Interesting. Okay. All right. But back back, back to the Grizzlies. I'm going to counter you for a second. I, all right. I you we can go back to the Grizzlies later. Who do you have at number six? Okay. All right. Bet. Fine. That's good. Because we no. both have them higher up. Safe yeah. has them higher up. I have the Nuggets. And I know we've talked about them, for, but for me, the Nuggets feel right at number six because it's the way they've been. Okay. How about you? Not bad. I have, I like it. I had them lower quite a bit, but I like the team. I just feel like if I'm projecting based on who they have coming back, I'm going to look stupid later. Because mm. we've seen Clay come back and it's not the same, but we've also seen people come back and it go great. So you just never know. I think that seven, eight spot is a sweet spot for him right now. But let's say Michael Porter Jr. comes back, Jamal Murray comes back, and they look 70-80% of what they are, then, yeah, they belong in that top six. So, Case, I'm, I'm just going to make one last point about my, like, tie that I had between seven, six, and five. If you notice something, they each have an MVP caliber player who's carrying their team. Yeah. Giannis yeah. has been playing excellent, can't stop him. Joel has been playing excellent, can't stop him. Jokic is just out of his mind, probably the best player in the world right now, the way he's playing. So – you know, when, when you look at those three teams, they have that going for them and they're all wild card because if you stop one or if you saw that one player, can their team respond? How will they respond? And that's that's the name of the game. And that's why I kind of had them lower. OK, because with the Nuggets, it is j- seriously just that one player. I think I think that just with the other teams, passing, there's surrounding pieces. With the Nuggets, it is genuinely just Jokic. Well, I would argue and say though that compared to the other two players, that Jokic is so is infinitely a better passer. So even when he gets doubled, he knows ahead of time what's going on. And defensively, the Nuggets are just such a good scrappy young team that they can play hard and get it done. Mm-hmm. And Jokic has been playing. If we compare Jokic now to where he was three to four years ago defensively, you could argue Jokic has been one of the best defensive players in the league this year. Yeah, but I'm not arguing that. I'm saying if you figure out a way to stop, stop Jokic. Him. Okay. Yeah, I got you. The other guys around him are not as good as the guys surrounding Giannis, the Harden and company around Embiid. That's what I'm getting at. I got you. Okay. And then at number five, I'm assuming you had Philly? Yes. No, wait. No. Number seven, I had the Bucks. Sixers were at number six. And number five, I had the Nuggets. Sorry. I mean, I, I, I All right, that's fine. We talked about both of them. Yeah. At my five, I had the Bucks. Asa, you had? The Boston Celtics at five. Okay, you have them at five. I have them at four. I have them at four as well. Okay. I have the Bucks at four. Yeah. So, for between – so, I thought about this. Between the Bucks and the Celtics, I'm – as good as their defenses has been, uh, number one in the in the league for the past what month now? Over the last no, month? since January first. January first. Yeah. Okay, so two months. No, closer to two months now. Um, that's that's been really impressive, honestly, uh, and surprisingly to all of us, because I mean, at the beginning of the season, we were talking about how 
that Celtics can maybe blow it up and you know trade Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. Mostly Jalen. It was Brown. more Marcus Smart than anybody. You think what of him him coming back or talking about it as a trade piece? As a trade piece. Yeah, I mean, he was he was dangled out there, right? And there were a few offers for him. I know Minnesota was interested, Atlanta was interested, but Dallas. But obviously, the Celtics love him, and clearly, he he's been a big part. Of, he's been a big part of their defense for the longest time. He's been their what best perimeter defender since yeah. he's been there. It's so, the reason he has a contract. Fair enough. What's he on a four four seventy two four eighty three? I think. Okay, so it was four eighty two point six or seven. Okay, fair enough. I mean, but he he deserves that contract. They they love him, and he's been great for them, uh, both as a perimeter defender, as a ball handler. The shooting's been a little bit inconsistent, but he's he, he's made big shots. So, but all in all, to say between the Bucks at four for me and the the Celtics at five, I think the Bucks experience and the cohesiveness of those big three is what gives them that edge. Um, I have yet to see what you know. We, and we talk about this almost all the time when we talk about the Celtics. We talk about the isolation play of both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum is playing out of his mind right now, right? He's having a phenomenal streak. He's uh, averaging 42 points a game the last five games. Yeah, he's going crazy. Um, and a lot of them are really – I mean, he's been making his tough shots. He's been taking tough, tough step backs and tough shots his entire career. But when he's missing them and when Jalen Brown is missing them, is when they struggle. So I've yet to see a full system with the Celtics where they don't rely as heavily on the ISO ball. And until they do that, I don't know if they can fully succeed and go all the way. So just a few things on the Celtics, which is why I have them so high. Number one, not only because of the defense, but because when they have their full starting lineup. So let's go through that. What is their full starting lineup, guys? So it's Marcus, Marcus Smart, Smart Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams, and Al Horford. Guess what their record is when all five guys are playing in the last 12 games? 11 and 1. 12 and 0. They haven't nice. lost. They haven't lost a game in the last 12 games where all five have played and started together. They're just playing exceptional basketball right now. They have an easier remaining schedule than two of the two of the seeds in front of them. I actually have that pulled up. And I, I have think, Tankathon open right now. Yeah. I I I think I think when it comes down to it, they could potentially make a move to that third spot, not have to play a play-in team like Brooklyn, and be able to get to the second round easy enough. And I think they can make some noise and get to a conference finals. Just because us, I need to talk about the isolation ball, but the Jason Tatum has had six 50-point games, not even in a full calendar year. And the way he's just playing. And the way Jalen Brown is playing, I think the Danny White trade was Derek White. Derek White, sorry, Danny White. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing, Danny Green. The Derek White trade was so significant because it allows them to have another ball handler on the floor. So let's say Marcus is not playing well. If you want Marcus out there as well, you have four guys you could bring in to be great ball handlers with that team. And then, oh by the way, you have Robert Williams to anchor that. And Al Horford to do an excellent job and you know kind of lock down whichever big wing or or big that you have out there on the floor. So that team to me is very well constructed. Ime Uduk, I've always been a big fan of his. I think he's a terrific coach. I'm glad he's getting a chance. And they're just playing with such great synergy right now. So for me, I think number four is a great place. That's partly why I have them there. And I think you can see Tatum's hunger right now. 
They've been looking for that Eastern Conference Finals comeback for a long time, and I think he's going for it. But I gave you – we all have our number fours out, right? Yeah. We have the Celtics. He has the Bucks. This is where I dropped the bomb. Safe has the Warriors at number four. At four? Yes, sir. I, I wonder if he's doing that because of the Draymond. I think he's assuming Draymond comes back and they're going to be back at that top. Yeah. Even then, I think it's a very bold prediction. I would not because the way they were playing before Draymond's right, yeah. injury, it allows Steph to be Steph. Steph was playing at MVP level in large part because Draymond was helping him do so. How, do, but how does that argument make sense? Though? Like, how can you be an MVP le- like level of a player, but you have someone like Draymond who's, you know, hitting you in your shooting pocket, making those right reads all the time? You ever heard of off the stat sheet players? PJ Tucker, for example, MVP off the stat sheet player. You know, one time, just a funny story. Okay, it's about, about yeah. off the stat sheet. Um, it was a few years ago. I was, it, we, were, we were post-game talking to Chris Paul. And I asked him about PJ Tucker and he's like, you know, on Bleacher Report, I sorry. Yeah. I was asking Chris Paul, uh, PJ Tucker. It's like on Bleacher Report, people have the app and they get all these notifications. He's like, do you ever get a notification about PJ Tucker? And I'm like, probably not. I don't have it, but probably not. I'm assuming. It's not about shoes. You don't have it. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, a yeah, fair yeah, point. Yeah. 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 I about, yeah. And, and, and you know he, he was like you know he's not the one scoring out doing all these things, but when you when you he's like when you watch the game and not the box score you know who's the most impactful player on the court, and Chris Paul had said that to me multiple times off the record as well, um, where just like how important a guy like PJ is. To, it's to a subtle flex time. right there, and so. <laughs> just a subtle flex you you once you once you spend a lot of time with uh ali khan rockets insider you just get you just get kind of numb to them yeah. you'll just drop these things mid-conversation we'll be out to dinner like eating some pizza and you know he'll bring up some story about oh, yeah, like, chris oh, paul like, recommended this place to me yeah like or like oh you know like james harden had done this or you know so oh, like, Clint, like i was having an even more I was, recent I was example of this something you know all right huh? let's just change this a recent example of this remember draymond made the starters for the all-star game yeah. Do you remember how Twitter clowned him? But everyone who watched basketball knew that, yeah, the stat sheet says, oh, he's 7.7 rebounds, 7 assists. Draymond is 99% of the Warriors' wins. Yeah. And it's because he does shit that doesn't show up. Yeah. So, th- so that's why. So that was my initial point with this is with the Steph and being in the MVP conversation, how can you have somebody be. Uh, potential MVP candidate where without another player like Draymond Green, you are in the slump and you play kind of trash like he has for chemistry the, for, for parts of the season. It's chemistry. With PJ Tucker, it was never a chemistry thing. PJ Tucker was all about effort. It's like Ron Artest. Ron Artest, never big in the stat sheet, but you knew he changed the game. So with Draymond, it's not about, oh, He's making Steph better. It's about he's making everything around him so much easier. You don't have to worry about it. Right now, Steph's thinking, oh, fuck, I got to score. Damn, I got to shoot this. And if I don't make it, I got to get back on defense. Draymond's not out there being the general. And I think that's where it comes to, like, 
why he's an MVP with Draymond on the floor versus why he's been struggling a little bit without him. That's a that's I think that's a wonderful point. Yeah, I, and I'm not I'm not by no means. I down. know basketball sometimes. I'm not downplaying Draymond's importance. My my what I'm trying to process here is the comparison. Of like, if you're going to compare MVP candidates, you know you're comparing you're putting Steph on that level with a Jokic, a Giannis, and an Embiid. And I just don't think that that matches up. At least, and that I think that this season has proven that. I think at least in my eyes, it's just output and the elevated status of Steph Curry. That's why he's in there. But yeah, I genuinely do not believe he should even be considered an MVP this year. I agree. The, the only person outside that top three we have right now of Jokic and beating Giannis, I think you have to put in Tatum and maybe DeMar DeRozan a little bit. John Moran is not MVP. <laughs> Don't tell me to Luka. keep going. I thought he was going to say Luca. I feel like even Luca has a shot to make. I to think, make yes, five. he does. Post Kristaps trade. John Moran, bro. You're sleeping. Look, on I love head. John Morant. And at number three, who do you have, Ali Khan? It's my time. I have, the, I have the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. All, All right. right. So it's a 3v1 here. As long as, as, long as I have the Grizzlies at three. Okay. As long as the Grizzlies. Dave has aren't. the Grizzlies at three. Yeah. Okay. So our, I, as long as the Grizzlies didn't crack the top three for Ali Khan, then we're fine. Because then it would have been a little okay. <laughs> all right this is fine i i'm i understand that all of you having the grizzlies at three and i i get where you guys are will okay be so who from. do you have at three first before we talk i have the sixers at three of course you do you, you right. guys call me a james harden lover look at this guy <laughs> i don't think you understand the ridicule he faces on a weekly basis not a daily basis in the fucking group chat yeah no i i get it all the time i he knows I, I know they call him lames harden bro <laughs> that's a good one i'm gonna put that in the group chat we're gonna use that <laughs> we're not gonna talk about the sixers in the top three because frankly i don't think they'd be they're supposed to be there at all i'm gonna let ali khan take the floor since apparently the grizzlies are his team now no it's not now man they've they've been his the like this been year no, 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 Gri- no, no. Grizzlies been my team since I was like 2008. Since I was a kid, like, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, Tony Allen, Zach Randolph, all through Marcus. So, all through. Right, so look, I, I love I that team right there. Grit and grind. That was my shit. I love grit and grind. And for me, if I was a coaching NBA offense, I love the high low passing. It was between Mark and, and Zebo, and that's how I fell in love with basketball. Just like established position and kind of go from there and methodical half court offense. Um, but anyways, in terms of the, in terms of this Grizzlies, quick joke before we analyze. Yeah. You guys know why Zebo was so good at basketball? Why? Because he was in the shape of a basketball. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm sorry, yeah. Zebo. I love you. It's my guy, man. Um, so when, when, it comes to, when it comes to the Grizzlies, you have Ja. I'm, I'm naming players who can legitimately help you win a chip. Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Ugh. Brandon Clark. Jaron Jackson, Stephen Adams in situations. Aquaman. Zaire Williams, who's been excellent for them. Jonathan Conchar, who's rebounding at his size, has been a very big help. Kyle Anderson. That's a great nine-man rotation, and I'm missing some of their other great players as well. The fact and, that you put slow-mo in there kind of hurts my head. Well, I mentioned Zaire Williams. I, I, I will, no, no, Zaire Williams has been fantastic. Let's I, not been, go there. I will tell. I will tell you what Kyle Anderson does is that he allows them to play smaller and still give 
the Grizzlies another ball handler so they can play Bain and another shooter together. They are doing an excellent job of maximizing their team strengths and giving Jaron Jackson the keys to be a good defender. He's taking that next step. I know people don't want to give him credit. It's probably because of a small market, but Jaron Jackson deserves to be, now I'm not saying he's going to be DPOI, but he deserves to be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. And if not, if not like top three, at least top five consideration, he's been that good for them. You have John Moran, who's playing excellent basketball. And then you have Brandon Clark, who I think is the secret intangible of them all. When you are in the fourth quarter and they're, they're playing their offense, you're usually going to have John Morant, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, maybe when he comes back but right now, John Morant, Desmond Bain, Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson, and somebody else who's a wild card who's playing well that night. Why Brandon Clark is important is although he's not going to shoot threes and Jaron Jackson will space out, Brandon Clark is actually better than Jaron Jackson when it comes to catching on the pick and roll, finishing or passing. I'm not saying finishing only, but finishing and passing is important. And when teams are now starting to double jaw, that's opened so many options for other guys on the floor. And there's just not an easy way to beat them. I heard this comparison once on, on TNT and I actually liked it. They remind me of the foundational pieces of the San Antonio Spurs. Not saying they're as good as San Antonio, but the way they play, the system that it's in place, they remind me a lot of the San Antonio Spurs. So going back to Jaron Jackson, I just looked it up. The Vegas odds have him in fourth place. Okay. On the defensive player of the year list. Behind Bam, Giannis, and Gobert, who's the favorite right now. Surprised Mikael Bridges is not up there. Mikael deserves Yeah, Yeah, he's, he's in sixth. No, he, who's fifth then? Draymond. Ah, yeah, Mikel's been really good. mikel has been really, really good this year. That's that's tough. Yeah, but now that I'm off my soapbox, that's all to say. Love the Grizzlies, my favorite team. Hype, 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 and I'm excited to get to watch this core for a very long time. I'm with you on that. That's why I have them at three, and that's why Safe has them at three. They're fun to watch, and they play amazing basketball. Yeah. Let's see if it results in playoff success. That's that's my question. If they, I'm I'm more than happy for them to prove me wrong because they're they're amazing to watch. Big, no no big doubt. Game job, big game job. I'm telling you guys, don't doubt my guy. Big game job. His his three point shooting is what surprised me this year. I did not the the jump that he's taken. In that, that was a great step up for him. He's also yeah. fourth. Jaw's fourth in MVP odds right now. I mean, the Grizzlies are the number hey, two hey, seed. When you play drop on him, he's now developing a floater. The floater, yeah, the floater has been really good for him too. So. Number Let's two and this. one. I, I assume the one and two for all of us. I mean, they're obviously the same teams, but I think I'm optimistic to say that they're going to be in the same order. Actually, I don't know. Ali Khan might, might switch them. I don't know. All right. Who do you think it is? All right. For me, I have the Miami Heat at two and Phoenix at one. Case. Are we in agreement here? Me and Safe have that order. All right. Ali I Khan. have the Houston Rockets at one. Okay. <laughs> <and, laughs> I have the same order as well. I have Miami at two and Phoenix at one. All right, though. Why don't we hit on Miami? Then we'll talk Phoenix. Miami. I, so I wasn't on the episode when you guys uh, did kind of award predictions, but I mean, Ali Khan and I talk about this all the time is uh, when we both think that Eric Spolster is the best coach in this league. Uh, the Miami Heat being the number one team in the Eastern Conference, having not having their three best players play together for a majority of the season is incredible stuff. When you have guys like 
I mean, Tyler Hero is the runaway favorite for six men of the year. He's been playing great basketball. But then you guys he's have, minus twenty five hundred. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a, he's almost a lock at this point, right? But then you have guys like Gabe Vincent, um, you know, Max Struess coming off the bench, Duncan Robinson. Omar Yurtsvin, bro. Yeah, holding it I down. I was while at Bam- that fucking Hawks game. <laughs> he carried my fantasy team for a few weeks. Yeah, when Bam good. when Bam was out with his thumb. Oh, injury. sorry, the odds have changed. Tyler Hero is minus ten thousand. Holy shit. Okay. So. If you bet $100, you would win a penny. Yeah. A penny? A penny. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and, and with all of those guys combined, uh, and then... With- wait, isn't that easy? Wait, hold up. Logic-wise, if I had money, why wouldn't I just bet on Tyler Hero and make some money? I mean, you would have to bet a very significant amount of money to get... So, look, $100 wins you $1. My math was off. So, if you want to make any kind of living... Let's say you add two zeros to make it ten thousand, you'd make a hundred dollars. Hundred thousand, you'd make a thousand dollars. A million, you'd make ten thousand dollars. So oh. in, in the scale of things, it's not going to really okay, be okay, that. Okay, okay, sorry, dumb question, Ali Khan. Okay, it's okay. No, Ali it's Khan, okay. Ali, Ali Vegas is innocent. confusing, man. Don't worry about it. I don't. I don't do sports gambling. So yeah, I'm, Ali Khan's very innocent. I'm he's learning. he's not. There's no alleged. We don't either. Behavior. We just look at the odds. <laughs> <laughs> to put it into perspective, like. Let's say right now, if you want JB Bickerstaff for coach of the year, a hundred dollars on him would win you three hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. What's the what are the odds on Spolstra right now? Spolstra is fuck. All right. If this page would let me do it. Spolstra's the best coach in this league. I agree. And I think he's been the best. He coach is, but I don't think he'd win. That's the issue, right? Yeah, he's and he's he's never won. That's the problem. He should have won at least once. And he's never won. Before. And I can't scroll on this page anymore. Really? Yeah. I will say Eric Spolster has been the best coach in the NBA since 2014. <coughs> since LeBron left, I would agree. Oh, even while LeBron Eric was Eric Spolster, $100 would win you $700. Dude, I low-key, if I was a betting man, I would bet money on that. I mean, I don't, yeah, again, I don't see why not. When, when Kyle Lowry, who's been, you know, he's been out dealing with, with personal reasons, and I'm assuming it's a death in the family and probably someone close to him. They, Miami's been very, very secretive about that and hasn't really released many yeah. details out of respect to Kyle and his family, which is completely 100% understandable. But I mean, just speculating that that's probably what it is, right? Um, Jimmy Butler's been in and out of the lineup with, with illnesses, small injuries here and there. And we uh-huh. figure out what's wrong with him because it's random at this point. There's always something. It was like a toe. Too much coffee, bro. <laughs> too much too coffee. Too much big face coffee. Yeah. But look, I agree with you. I think Miami's been amazing this year. And their only knock is going to be in the playoffs. Because at this point, I think they'll make it out of the first round easy. Because what's their matchup looking like in the first round? I mean, it it could be Brooklyn. Could be Brooklyn. It could be Brooklyn. So I forget uh, that Brooklyn's all the way down there. Yeah, I mean, the way it's looking right now, uh, Toronto has been kind of average the last month, month and a half. So they'd either play Toronto or the Hawks right now. Yeah, the Hawks. The Hawks are two game. The Hawks are two games. I think Toronto's gonna. I think Toronto's gonna be the eight seed. Because look, right now the seven and eight playing is Raptors Nets. Yeah, I think I think Raptors would lose that, but I think they would beat the Hawks or the Hornets. I agree with that. So it depends on what Miami rocks Toronto. So the Hawks currently easiest remaining strength of schedule. Yeah, we should have beat the Pistons, and look what happened. So (laughs) I'm not talking about Cunningham is the most clutch player in the NBA, man. (laughs) 
<laughs> Besides Jalen Green. But yeah, I don't think there's a lot to t- there's not a lot to talk about with Miami. They're hard nosed, they're in shape, and they can score in a multitude of ways. They have, I think, nine guys that play consistent minutes, and they all have experience in the playoffs. Yeah, and they've the Lowry, chemistry there for that team. They've all Lowry, seasoned vet, Jimmy Butler, dog. Bam has experience in the playoffs. He played in the finals. Harrow and Robinson have played in the finals, and Harrow's been fantastic this year. And even coming off the bench, you have guys like uh, Gabe Vincent, who's been fantastic for him. He's a rookie, but he's got guys around him. Max Struess, same thing. P.J. Tucker. We didn't mention P.J. Tucker yet. Yeah. He's on the heat. Victor Oladipo's coming back. No one knows what he's going to do. He might get hurt again, but who fucking knows? Wasn't he supposed he, to make his make his debut? He played, he played well. two days ago. He looked yeah. good. He looked good against Houston. Yeah. How many, minutes, how many minutes did he play? 15. Okay. 15. So, like, they're they're a true contender this year. They 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 had a they had a stretch I think it was last week where they beat they went three and one against other contenders in the East mm-hmm. and to me I mean I just don't see another team beating them maybe Milwaukee but as of right now the way they're playing I just don't see that once they're back at full strength especially and I see two teams advantage. giving them trouble Milwaukee if and- the Nets continue to gel and Milwaukee okay no. Well, now now we get to number one, and consensus number one, the Phoenix Suns. No doubt. Who do have this year's Coach of the Year coaching? Monty Williams. Monty Monty will win the award. I still think it should be. He will win the award simply because he did not win it last year. Well, we can make the same argument for Spolster, who's never won it before. But see, the thing is, Everyone thought he should have won it last year. With Spolstra, no one's ever gone out and campaigned for him. We've all known he's an amazing coach, but no one's really gone to bat for him. Yeah, I agree. Well, look. And I think in our awards predictions, Usa had J.B. Bickerstaff. No, no, that was that was Shaban. I had Spolstra. I had Spolstra for Okay. Coach. I know one of y'all did. I wasn't sure. You weren't here. It was, so it's it was Shaban. Shaban had J.B. Look, on, on the Phoenix front, though, they just play smart basketball. Whenever you rotate over, they're all the ball's already at somewhere else on offense. Defensively, you just can't get past your perimeter players. And Devin Booker has now become not. I would. I'm not going to call him an elite defender. He's not just an average defender. He is a good defender. Above average and, for sure. And and when when you have five, at least five good defenders, and everybody else on that starting lineup is elite. But when you have five good defenders on the floor like that. I mean, it's really hard to score. They can not only crowd the paint and wall off the paint, but then they can still rotate back out and contest shots at the perimeter. So remember how you said Philly plays good fundamental defense? Yeah. Phoenix plays amazing fundamental basketball. Yes. On both sides of the court. Yes. Partially due to having Monty Williams there, but a large part of that is having Chris Paul on the team. Chris Paul might be the most cerebral player on an NBA court. And I hate saying that. And that's coming from a Chris Paul hater. You know, I used to, I used to, I used to say this to the Rockets media. I was like, if Chris Paul wasn't playing basketball, I could, I could see him as like a fortune 500 CEO. Cause he's that. 100%. Smart. He's, and, and you know, I say this 
And he has so many side businesses and ventures that he's a part of. Like he legitimately is probably not just cerebral on the court. He's probably one of the most cerebral players off the court, which is why he was president of the Players Association. I think we say on the court because that's where we see him the most, but I'm pretty sure he yeah. will carry that into the real world. Yeah. Whatever like, he's playing. He's been with State Farm since what, the Clippers days? Yeah. yeah. 2012. And it's been a while. Yeah. And he's not letting go of that check, which is smart. You know, he, he does um, public health work where he's at the forefront where he'll buy properties and they'll do like revolutionary type of public health work in those properties to help people have places to stay. Like he does not just a lot of like entrepreneurship work, but social entrepreneurship work. And I, I don't know. I just think above and beyond a lot of things he does, he's just so smart. Um, yeah, but, let's save but back, this conversation for the court but, episode. But, back, but, but basketball wise, yeah, yeah. no one knows the rule book like Chris Paul. Yeah. No one knows how to manipulate the floor like Chris Paul does. And absolutely no one, no one in the NBA has a better mid-range jumper than Chris Paul. Yeah, I mean... This is with watching DeMar DeRozan, with being a huge Kobe Bryant stand. I don't think I've seen Chris Paul miss a mid-range shot. He can get that shot on the right whenever, whenever, whenever he wants, at will. And he just knows how to contort a defense and how to position you know, himself, how to get the screen and how to manipulate it to get that shot, which is one of the crazy things. The best thing about Phoenix and what this, this happened that I noticed is from their game against the Bucks from earlier this week, or maybe last week when both Devin Booker and Chris Paul were not playing, you know, naturally I thought maybe you guys did too, that I thought it was going to be a blowout, you know, no. without Chris Paul and without Devin Booker that they, they had no chance, but now you, you have campaign who comes in, steps into the starting lineup, Cameron Johnson, Damn. who's, who's going insane. Um, you know, obviously Bridges and Aiton have, have had really good games, but the fact that they were able to stay with Milwaukee and this Milwaukee was at full strength. They had their entire core starting five and the big three were playing. They stayed toe to toe with them all the way until the end of like to close to the fourth quarter yeah. where, you know, you're missing your, your clutch players, which is understandable. But the fact that you were able to, to stay toe to toe with the champion, the team that you played in the finals without your two best players is phenomenal and it's very scary for the what's probably going to come in the playoffs which is why they're at number one right yeah exactly because to be down both those guys and to still compete with everybody and beat everybody pretty much they're what 49 and 12 they're 53 and 13 and they are the first team to clinch a playoff spot this season Yeah, they clinched last night after beating the heat yeah so i mean the phoenix has been dominant from the from Early on in the season, they have not let go. Uh, even without Chris Paul for the next four weeks, does not look like they will let it go because they've got it down. They've got the system. What's down. weird right now is there's no Chris Paul update. I have been looking, and I know it said four to six weeks, but usually with any injury, especially to a player in the spotlight like Chris Paul, there's constant updates. I don't think there needs to be an update. They they're going to lock up the number one seed. They're their chemistry is already what set. What kind of updates would you want, Case? Like in terms of just kind of like where he has in his rehab? Like that, if he had surgery, if it went well. Because a lot surgery. of times that thumb fracture. He, he, he did have surgery. It's usually a Jones fracture. Okay. And then with a Jones fracture, they usually put a pin in. So you'll have the surgery to put the pin in, and they'll wait a couple of days or a week or so 
then they'll take the pin out. And a week or so after that, you can start using regular movement again. And I just thought we'd see something. Theoretically, honestly, I mean, tell me if you guys did, or if you guys disagree, but if it was the playoffs right now, do you really think Chris Paul would be No, I think he'd play. Yeah, and so I think that's the reason that he there's four weeks of the season. How he might as well. How far and, ahead are they in the conference standings? They are, three games. They're, they're eight. They're eight. They're eight and a half ahead of Memphis right now. So with what sixteen to seventeen games left of the season, so you know they would have to lose a very significant amount. To, Again, to I'm not saying that their no update is a bad thing. Usually, we just see something. I. I will, I will say, I will share with you guys, Chris Paul doesn't like to warm up, like, on the court. He, he usually does his warm-ups and sessions, like, in the practice gym. So, like, at Toyota I've Center, heard this. No one's ever yeah. confirmed this to me. Yeah, so, like, at Toyota Center, like, they, ha- they, have, they have the practice court inside the arena as well. So, some players will go in the practice court. Some will go um, on the court. And Chris Paul was always a guy who liked to go in the practice court, usually. So, um it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he's already doing work, but they're just probably not announcing it. Case, like you said, like it's yeah. that long of a timeline. So it would make sense, probably. Again, I have no issue with him being out because his game is mostly mental. But we saw last year with the shoulder injury, sometimes it's significant. And that injury is on his dominant hand. Yeah. And the thumb is actually very important when you shoot. So who knows? Maybe he's getting work in. But I don't think it'll be a problem later on. But I think that does conclude our power rankings. I mean, we have all this talk to save for our playoff push. And we did our power rankings today. Phoenix and Miami are the teams to beat this year. That's what it looks like. We had a consensus one and two. But next week, we're going to do our March Madness update. We're going to highlight some prospects. We're going to pick our winners. And we'll have a special guest for that as well. But that's it for this week. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye.